Aloha and welcome. Tiki Tuesday Talks, 2021 edition. Hopefully a much better year. Uh, we're excited to welcome Selma. Selma, what's going on? Hi. Where are you right now? Uh, I am in the office upstairs at uh, Evil Twin Brewing where um, my bar, Selma's bar is located. Um, and we're brewing beers. There's a thick smell of uh, hops and yeast in the air. So it's very special. Nice, nice. What's your favorite Evil What's Twin brewing? Oh, last week we made a collab with Omnipolo in Sweden. That's uh, Kiwi Sour. That's really, really lovely. It's a bright nice. green beer. Um, I like that one a lot, but honestly, I'm more of a straight crushable pilsner kind of girl myself yeah no doubt sounds like a good st patty's day brew for you though you know yeah right. <laughs> it looks like an extra cooler love it mario what's going on hi how you doing where, where are you calling in from um i'm in new york uh in my apartment uh you know still trying to be pretty uh, socially distanced these days so right right you spent a, a chunk of time in the apartment yeah, yeah, a lot. <laughs> These walls are closing in on me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I try and get out into the West Side Highway and run every day. So. Oh um, yeah, I used to. I used to live in the West Village, and I would be out there running every yeah. day. Is a stretch. Let's call it once a week, probably. I mean, but. some days I just walk, but like I try and get to. Once I'm out there, you know, it's pretty. Um, like I can go out to the piers, and there's, there's nobody out there, so it's. Yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. Pretty grand, but they're out there, so. Very cool. Glad to have you, Thank Steve you. Casey. Hi. You're so tropical with your winter attire. Work. Imagine Holy it's a year in, in Bama. Listen, it's like 40 degrees here, so of course everyone is bundled up. Mariel is from Birmingham, so she knows. Um, know. It really was cold last week. Um, which was great for, you know, the best holiday of the year, celebration. I don't know how you celebrated, but I was bundled up. So this is me right now. Well, congrats on another Steve Abration and your big victory, Bama football. Yeah, Thank you know, you roll On right. your birthday. How about that? I know, right? What are the odds? I know. Well, you know, I'm used to it. I'm used to it being in or around my birthday. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. So I mean, normally I'd I wouldn't support it, but anybody beating Ohio State, I'm I'm good with it. So congrats. Thank cool. you. Aaron. What's going on? How is everybody? Hey, I, I saw you I saw you on those videos uh on January sixth. So you're trying to hide your face a little bit, but I was kind of like, is that Aaron Joseph? Does this look familiar now? Like, there it is. There we go. We deliver it. K collective. Yeah. To the Capitol, or what was going on? No, I wasn't. I was trying to hijack the public and uh, aware, but you know, certain people decided to take their own liberties and break into the Capitol, so uh, I had to bail. Um, <laughs> I had to bail, but uh, we're looking forward to this uh, this next gentleman joining the office tomorrow. Yay! But no, things are things are great here in balmy Baltimore. I think it's forty three degrees, so we, we're a little bit warmer than Alabama. Yeah, so, sun streaming in looks good. Yeah, you know, working on my tan on my right side. You know, <laughs> 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 so, 
All right. Perfect. We'll check in with you guys shortly. All right. Let's uh, let's talk some stuff. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Scandinavian Tiki. Selma, as mentioned, owner of Selma's Bar. I don't know where that name came from. Um, and author of Spirit of the North, rad book on all things spirits of the Nordic lands with a heavy focus on Aquavit, which is obviously near and dear to my heart. Uh, for everybody, chat box of questions. If you're on Zabby, hit us up. Uh, or Facebook, same. I'll be interpreting those. Please do share the event. Presentation 30 to 40. Cocktail session 10, and then we'll bring Mariel back for that conversation with the Tiki fam. So just a little bit of background on Selma, hailing from a long line of sailors. This is new. I didn't know this, uh, but oh, super yeah. fun. Um, born and raised on the island. Can you pronounce the name? Tuloy. It means uh, Thor's Island. Oh, wow. Yeah, I looked at some photos. It looks super cool. Um, it's very nice. Yeah, we we should do it a tiki tiki about to see Denmark edition over there on the. I island. would love that. I would love that <laughs> so. Uh, bartending twenty two years, twelve of them in New York City. Tiki lover mm -hmm. and keeper of Selma's Bar in Ridgewood. Uh, and again, check out the book Spirit of the North. So, with that, let's bring you back. Let's throw your deck up here. Hi. Awesome. Hi. <laughs> Welcome, guys, and thank you so much for joining. Uh, I've been watching a lot of these Tiki Talks, so first-time caller, long-time listener, and I'm really excited to uh, to be part of this. Um, you know, thank you so much for having me, Pete and Steva and Mariel and Aaron and everyone at the Tiki by the Sea team. Uh, it's, you know, I have so many wonderful memories from all the different things that you allowed me to be part of whether it was any of the Tiki by the Sea New Jersey gatherings, uh, the Hookie Lao uh, alumni we did a couple of years ago. Yeah. Was that 2019? That was 2019. The intent yeah. was to keep doing it, but then, you know, 2020. Yeah, something happened. <laughs> exactly. So. But yeah, I, I'm so excited to continue or be able to continue to do these like really awesome things with you guys. So, so uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. Bit, really appreciate it. It's been yeah, rad yeah, having you. It's, and, uh, it's uh, been so much fun. Before. Shout out, shout out to Chalky as well. For I was this, about to uh, say, yeah. So Chalky, <laughs> uh, who's uh, also been doing a, a, a Tiki talk and is doing um, Doom Tiki as, as you guys know, uh, has put together this whole slideshow and all the graphics for me because I'm I'm in I'm no good with technology. <laughs> just patient Pete, I call him, just spent like 20 oh, minutes wow. teaching me how to uh, to work this also. So we'll see if I can figure it out. But why don't I start by saying a little bit about my background and how I got into Tiki specifically. Uh, as you said in, in your intro, uh, I come from a long line of sailors and everyone in my family, it's sort of in our, our blood to want to travel and explore the world and experience new cultures and everything. So 
when I started bartending in New York about 12, actually 13 years ago, I think it is, uh, one of my first bartending jobs was at Donna Cocktail Club, RIP, uh, another great bar that we lost. Such a good um, bar, RIP. Such a good bar. And this is where I learned a lot about rum, both uh, Jeremy Ortel and uh, <laughs> both Jeremy Ortel and uh, Lee Putman are big rum fiends. And uh, my boss is taking photos of me right now. It's making fun. <laughs> 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 but, so I sort of got involved in rum and tiki through there. And I was. Uh, I was just so intrigued by it, the whole escapism and how much fun you can have with tiki. I always loved that the tiki culture is less uh, serious. You're allowed to have fun. Uh, in 2012, when we opened Donna, it was very much this, the, the cocktail scene was very uh, serious and you know suspenders and don't you dare make a daiquiri wrong because you will get murdered by someone. <laughs> Literally murdered. Very, very serious. So I really love that. Like Jackery shootings of 2012. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. Uh, so I'm gonna. Here, I'm gonna learn how to. Boop, here we go. So yeah, nice. By the way, I, I don't think I've ever been called Patient Pete. So thanks for that. I'm sure uh, my fiance would disagree, but that's kind. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, the maritime culture of the North, and I don't know if you guys can read any of this, but yep. a big part of, of tiki culture coming to the Western cult, uh, culture or countries is obviously because a lot of sailors went out and they brought all these like new flavors and, and, and exotic things back home. And in order to do that, of course, you have to come from the sailor culture and Denmark is about 500 islands of various sizes. You're never more than 30 minutes from the sea, no matter where you're in Denmark. So pretty much all, all towns are coastal and everyone are fishermen or sailors and, and stuff like that. So we are going back to the Bronze Age and uh, back in like Mesopotamia and, and this whole thing. Oh, great. Sorry about that. Uh, so, back in the Bronze Age, there was a very important trade of um, amber, and the Nordic Bronze Age was the richest of all the different uh, cultures because we had this amber that all of these different other cultures were very interested in. So we started this whole trade uh, of amber, and we traded with copper. <laughs> They're not making faces at me at all. Uh, so anyways, um, there is a, the next slide I'm going to see here. Uh, this is, um, we call them Hellerestningen, and these are old Bronze Age uh, pictures, uh, picture glyphs that they carved into stone, and there are thousands and thousands of those in Scandinavia, um, and the majority of them are showing ships. So even you know, five eight thousand years ago, the the Nordic countries and Denmark had had a big sailing culture and history. Uh, you can see all these guys that are sitting in these boats, and 
They're probably on their way somewhere. Talk you. What are the what are the and, exact uh, years of this contextually for I'm people who don't for people don't know on the uh, exact dates of Bronze Age? What what kind of what years are we talking here? We're talking about uh, well, there's the early, middle, and uh, late Bronze Age. Uh, these started to sort of come around around like 5000 BC up until like 1500 BC. Uh, so we were sailing around and trading with other cultures and countries a very, very long time ago where there wasn't a lot of like sailing and a lot of other like cultures. So they're looking like this. I'll show you the next slide. This guy, um, not sure what the upper guy is doing exactly. <laughs> Looks pretty very mobile. safe. Kind of yeah, there's, there's a dragon ship. Hey, uh, there's <laughs> the old dragon shape on the ship. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's like 13 guys on there. There's some weird, weird dudes with the, a hammer, and then there's a guy like jumping on top, um, being excited about something. So these are really, really old. Is it possible they had daiquiris then? Uh, I'm gonna say yes without knowing before, but I'm just assuming because of the guy dancing. And just, like these two guys in the corners kind of look like you're shaking cocktails, right? It looks like a little cocktail true. shake. That is a good point, right? yeah. So we're gonna assume they had daiquiris back then. Uh, here we have... Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Um, picture of a Viking ship, oh no. Are you guys there? Yeah, we just lost you for one second. Broke. We're back. But I think we're, we're fine. Back, yeah. So here's a picture. We're back. Are you there? Yes. Oh, awesome. That was a little freeze, it looks like. Yeah, it's a little, it's lagging, but I think you're back now. Okay. Hi, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> so here's a picture of a Viking ship. <laughs> and as you guys know, uh, about 700, like the late 700s, the Viking Age started, and they just had this incredible technology hundreds and hundreds of years before any other country at that time. Uh, and they managed to sail all over the world. You know, they made it to North America, uh, Ar the Arab countries, like all over the world in these like wooden ships that they built in a special way. And, you know, they had a huge fleet. So our, our, our whole like Scandinavian backstory is based on sailing and exploring and, and in many ways also conquering and we will get to that part a little later but you know it, it's sort of in a you know many thousand years of history explains like how somehow like Scandinavian culture is a big part of that like exploring and seeing new places and being interested in new places and cultures so that's sort of how you know, my mentality has always been about the rum. It's very much also the 
seafaring, they're exploring and they're like going to other places without being scared, just like fearlessly exploring the world. And that's sort of like my personal take on TV, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. And I think it is such an interesting part of, of Scandinavian history. It's something that certainly drew us in, you know, with with diving into creation of an Aquabeat brand. Uh, right. A lot of that that piece. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. And a lot of people obviously don't think TV when they think Scandinavian. Yeah, because for us, it's cold and snowy and it's dark. And that's not what you think about when you think about exotic places and TV. But there is that tie to it, for me at least, or a lot of Scandinavians, where for us it's more about the exploring and the sailing and the going to places. And, you know, to me, I think that's a, a, it's a, it's a really fun little side quest of, of the whole TV culture. Absolutely. Change next. All right, part two, guys. Scandinavia in the Caribbean. Uh, and that's something that was very important for me to bring into this Scandinavian Tiki Talks is that I don't think a lot of people know um, about this part of Danish as well as Swedish and Norwegian history, but um, there is this dark part of our history where we had colonies and we dealt in slaves and spices and, you know, a lot of people don't think that Scandinavians would ever do that because we're like so like so forward and cultural and everything. But we all were part of that whole, you know, the 16, 1700s where everyone sort of looked to to England and everyone wanted to be them. And, and you know, the royal houses was built up in the same way all over Europe. So we had Denmark. Um, colonized the West Indies, West Indies islands of St. John, St. Thomas, and St. Koi. Um, and let me move over to the next. Uh, there's a picture. This is of St. Thomas, I believe, with the Danish flags, the, the forts. And this one is uh, the colo co colo colonial, sorry, it's so hard for me to say. Uh, this is the uh, Danish West Indian Company that was built in seven, uh, 1692. And all of this is built, you know, with the profits of slaves and, and sugar trade and cane. And there was slave auctions happening here. Um, this is I'm going to guess these are shots from Denmark, not the oh, Caribbean. Yeah, I'm so sorry. yeah I, I should have mentioned that these are all from Copenhagen. Uh, this is a picture of Bursum, um, which is basically the Danish stock. It's right uh, on the on the water, the harbor. There's uh, this beautiful spire that you can see that are, if you saw it up close, it's actually three dragons putting their butts up against each other and then their tails are making the spire. And um, this one was built by uh, Christian IV, sort of the Danish version of Henry VIII. He was just like, larger than life king who built and did all these crazy things and he was one of the people that started uh all of these let me see if i can get out of this yep all good uh i want to go to the next slide and then there we go 
the, this is a painting from, uh, I believe it's 1798. Uh, I have to double check, but it's uh, from sugar plantation uh, on the island of St. Croix, a Scandinavian or Danish colony. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if uh, anyone has any questions or anything just regarding that part of the Denmark's and Scandinavian history. Yeah, a little bit about so which which islands had colonies and do, do you kind of have a sense of how long they were under danish rule and things like that uh, they were from 1792 until uh, 1917 where uh, the united states purchased uh, the Danish west indies uh, oh. of saint thomas saint croix and uh, saint john and they're now american territory i'm not sure if they still are I believe so. Um, yeah. So slavery, slavery um, became illegal in Denmark and all the colonies in 1840. Uh, and since then, you know, obviously, as you see in American history, uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, anyone necessarily got any better circumstances. But since then, there was uh, they they outlawed slavery and but. That whole culture, that whole part of our culture is when spices uh, got introduced into the Danish cuisine. So a lot of traditional um, Danish pastries has like cinnamon and cardamom and all these things. And that that's stuff that we introduced into our cuisine pretty much during those uh, 250 years, 300 years of, of colonial times. Got it. And what about other holdings, you know, in, in other places of the world, Africa or the Pacific? Not really Africa. Uh, there, there was some trade going on. Uh, I, I think our biggest one is more Nordic uh, places like Greenland, Iceland, Faroe mm -hmm. Islands that has been under Danish rule and that goes back, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years back to when we conquered things. And again, you know, we invaded England. So huge parts of that, we, we <laughs> come out and, and took what we like, Normandy, all those places. So yeah, we've, we've been a colonizing or conquering people for many, 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 many years, thousands yeah. of years. It's yeah. good. It's interesting to have a little bit of the context from a Danish perspective, but I think for, for us, it's always important to to recognize those realities, you know. Right, exactly. And that was something, you know, I, I, I talked to you about, I talked to Chucky about it as well. I was like, I, I think it would be so wrong if I didn't just take a small part of this talk to acknowledge this past and, right. you know, um, and that, that is a huge part of, you know, our history as well. Uh, doesn't really overlap with Tiki necessarily as, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this, but Tiki in Denmark isn't really a thing. Like I hadn't really heard about Tiki other than some dive bars with like plastic flamingos and rockabilly <laughs> and really, really awful versions of, of, you know, Tiki drinks until I moved to the States. And that's why I was like, this would make so much sense in Scandinavian culture because of all these, you know, different ties that we have with sailing and with colonies and everything. And it's just not something that's ever taken off there um, but my personal 
like segue into tiki and, and scandinavia has always been you know the exploring and, and definitely like newhound and you know after world war ii when we started like really sailing around and and being part of that huge community of sailors that wasn't just uh neighboring countries but actually all around the world yeah yeah, yeah no i mean so, um, you know we you know you've seen some of the tiki history elements and there's certainly a component of it in Europe, but is decidedly an American construct, you know, specifically a originated construct, having a lot yeah. to do with, you know, the end of World War II and things like that, amplifying it. So I, I think it's interesting to see the curiosity from people from South America or Europe about Tiki, interest in it. Um, but I think it's relating to it is a little bit different than when you can relate to it from having grown up in the US and like right. seeing kind of and the end of it. For me, for example, for me, it was the trappings of the end of it, experiencing that as a kid and then seeing a resurgence in it. Uh, right. But yeah, I think, I think it totally makes sense. Yeah, and, it, and it's part of American culture in a way where, you know, there are tiki festivals and there are tiki nerds and there's old guys in Hawaiian shirts where, you know, at least in Scandinavia are like post-World War, going to other countries was going to you know spain and mallorca and calalia and all those places so it's just like a different thing like we still traveled and saw new cultures but it wasn't like we're not nowhere close to the pacific or any of these like island kind of things so ours was just like right. very very different like we had like suckling pig and sangria that was like our tiki in the 60s or 50s and 60s hmm. Interesting. More or less, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna do cool. this one again. So, part three: the golden shipping age and industries. Um, so, Nihon, which is uh, the the old commercial uh, harbor in Copenhagen, uh, it was constructed by King Christian V from 1670 to uh, 1675. Uh, dug out by Swedish prisoners, haha. Uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, anyways, it's still there. It's still, you know, beautiful. There's a lot of history and I, I hope you guys have time to read this beautiful um, little write-up that Chucky put together. I'm just gonna leave it up for a little bit, but uh, if you go there today, there's still these beautiful old houses. There's sail, sail ships like schooners and everything in the harbor. There's all the old sailor bars that are still open years and years and years and years after. Love a sailor bar. Totally into that. Love, okay. and that's the thing, like that's all we have in Denmark is just sailor bars everywhere. And my first job was at a sailor bar. Uh, <laughs> there's a pretty fun photo from one of the bars later on. There's a picture of my uncle and Anne dancing. It's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> we have the, the world's oldest still operating tattoo parlor is in Newhound. Uh, Newhound just means New Harbor. Um, and it's very much a spot now for both tourists and locals. Um, you know, when you go there, they have all the little sidewalk uh, like tables and part of the setup aside from, you know, a mise en place with a napkin and a water glass and a knife and a fork, every table has a little acrobat glass because it's just, you drink acrobat with everything there. So um, 
This is a picture of a whaling ship. Uh, the island next to my home island, my home island being uh, Tuor, the island next to it, Tosingen, is actually one of the most famous uh, Scandinavian places of building wooden ships, schooners and such um, in the late 1800s. And a lot of these uh, were built as whaling ships. And this is where we, you know, really started sailing around the world and doing all these. This is a picture of New Home, as I was telling you about. Uh, these are old, you know, 16, 1700 houses uh, or from 16 and 1700s. Uh, yeah. Everyone sitting on the pier and sailing around. It's super colorful. It's just very beautiful. And there's this like loose, almost like festival stem, uh, like vibe all the time. So there's always sailors hanging out that just got on shore. Um, if you guys ever go to Copenhagen, you have to go there. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And great food. Really great food. There's uh, a question here, Selma. Yeah. Um, have you seen this kind of like, you know, travel to Spain, suckling pig, sangria resurgence uh, in the same way that we've seen a tiki resurgence? Almost no. like nostalgia play. God. It's so funny. That's a really good question because when I started getting interested in, interested in, you know, tiki and saw the connection with like, Tiki and the American culture to the Scandinavian culture and going to Spain and all those places. I thought it would be so fun to do something like this, but it is for us kind of like Tiki up until, you know, not that long ago was considered almost tacky or kitsch. Mm -hmm. That is yeah, where, yeah, <laughs> but that is where <laughs> that part of our culture is now. Like it's old people that, does that they they take right. you know seven days at a awful hotel somewhere in Spain you know they drive there by bus or take an airline and then they have to do all these touristy things um, it. but it would be really fun I would love to do like a, a Danish like Kaelia suckling pigs and green night <laughs> got it we should talk about uh, that. Here's another question about sailor bars. What what spirits do they mostly serve at sailor bars? Oh, we have some really good ones. So it's not whiskey and vodka and gin, maybe gin a little bit, but there's not really a cocktail or even like highball thing to it. It's mostly bottles of beer. And then our main shots are very much like bitters, kind of like, have you guys obviously have heard of Malort? Uh, we have one called Gamledens, Gold Danish. Mm -hmm. We have one called Nordseeoler, which means uh, North Sea oil. So it's these like bitter drams that are very like herbaceous and bitter and very strong, uh, almost like a Scandinavian Amaro, if you will, uh, made with herbs. Uh, so it's that and it's Akravit, of course. I mean, Akravit is, so important to the Danish culture. <laughs> oh yeah, did that get turned out a little bit? Is yeah, that's fine. That's all right. There we go. Okay. Back. Uh, so yeah, um, snaps as we call it, mm -hmm. uh, which is acrobat. We just call it snaps or dram, and um, those bitter little concoctions. Those are the main things that you serve there. And I then, what's Steve that? Steve and I are going to open a sailor bar with you. Uh, uh, just a sailor bar in Wildwood. We're doing a Wildwood sailor that. bar. 
Only uh, yeah. one of my first jobs in, in I'm ready right now. Let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. I think that you and I would do really, really well as the bar maidens. I am ready. Yeah. Let's I love it. it. Uh, Tom Nevoglosky is going to be the GM. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Tom Nevoglosky, my dad's going to be the GM. I'm into that. Oh, y'all already knows how to run a trailer place almost. Like, there you go. You know. There you go. Yeah. Can't be that far away from yeah, having a little cute hotel by the we'll shore. We'll put it right next to the. Um, the dock where we take off to go whale watching. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Got to be in the water. Got to be yeah. in the water. You know, they all, um, when the closing laws and the non-smoking bans inside happened in, in Denmark, they had to make a special law for sailor bars because most of them open at five in the morning if they ever open or and close. Most of them just open always. And they couldn't tell these old sailors that, they couldn't smoke inside. So now there's a law saying if your bar is older than, you know, 75 years and smaller than 400 square feet, wow. then you can smoke inside. We still the have those, you know. There you go. Yeah, there and you it's, go. you know, I, there was a, a <laughs> Wood had, she was an old uh, Spanish um, woman of pleasure, if you will. And uh, she met a Danish man and and this is the 50s and she traveled to the island next to mine and opened her little sailor bar that was still, you know, a place, it, it's still open to this day. And I remember getting a job sweeping the floors and doing dishes there, or glasses, I guess. Uh, there was sand on the floor, so nothing would catch on fire or it doesn't matter if, if you spill. It's a, it's a that's Very like the song that's here. Love Lots it. of those places. All right. Steve, we'll be back yeah, to right? you. Be excited I can't wait. Uh, Tammy did say <laughs> she looked the, forward uh, to, to your Danish oh, tiki sangria night. Yes, with a suckling pig, please. With the suckling pig, yeah. All right, back yeah. to it. Back to our back to our presentation. Regular scheduled program. This is a, a picture of uh, one of the, I, I forgot the word for it, but where you build ships, we call it the Beft, uh, on the island next to mine. And, you know, uh, all the islands pretty much that are of a certain size near where I grew up, all of them has like boat building places, ship building, shipyards, I guess they're called. Yeah, um, yeah. And now we come to part four. Am I going too fast, by the way? You're doing great. Okay, great. So part four, and this is where we come into kind of segue into the whole suckling pig and and sangria party we were talking about. So um, <laughs> yeah, very important. I think this is just a suckling pig tiki talk. Uh, so Denmark was neutral during the Second World War, but you know we still saw a lot of um, you know. I don't want to say action, but it was still a lot, a lot of stuff going on in Denmark, even though we were considered neutral, there was a lot of uh, resistance. Um, only 5% of the Danish Jews got caught by Nazis because everyone in Denmark hit them and moved them to other places. Um, so that also meant that a lot of the sailors, uh, there was a lot of American and English sailors in Denmark and that sort of 
made our world bigger and smaller at the same time because all of a sudden all these Danish sailors could get jobs on ships that were sailing maybe to the Pacific or to America or to South America or anywhere like that. So that's that's sort of like when this part and and also my personal history with with sailors and tiki kind of starts uh, my a lot of my uncles uh, were sailors. Uh, I remember that two of them has been in the Danish Sailor Church here in New York after it got uh, started in 57. And they always tease me with that. Uh, so that's like a, a big part of that. This is a, a picture on Newhelm. Uh, that's the world's oldest still functioning tattoo parlor I was telling you about. It's called Oldest Tattoo Parlor. Still open to this day. Uh, you can see a bunch of young men and, and sailors trying to go in and, uh, and get some tattoos. Nihon Sudden. Uh, and then we have this photo, which is my uncle in the middle dancing. Uh, you can see the name of one of my home town, Svinborg, in the back. I don't know what the lady over there in the corner is doing, but... <laughs> she's biting her finger or something and then you can see the everyone is sort of just like dressed up as sailors or maybe they're real sailors uh but it's you need to wear a sailor hat to go into a sailor bar yeah exactly it's like a it's a whole thing <laughs> uh so that's sort of like the vibe in these sailor bars you know this there is real sailors, but it's also just like a a celebration of our culture, like our culture is very much a fisherman and sailor culture and something that we are incredibly proud of and something that we love to talk about and love to share with other people. Um, so yeah, I really love this photo so much because cool. it just- that's a great. Yeah, all our old golden age movies like from the 50s and, and 60s, most of them are about sailors as well, like sassy sailors who are up to no good. And, yeah. <laughs> That whole show. Uh, yeah. We're gonna move on to this part that I'm very excited about. Uh, traditional Scandinavian flavors and ingredients and how to use them for tiki cocktails. Uh, Chucky made these beautiful illustrations. Um, and yeah, uh, I always grew up like using a lot of the nature surrounding me and it's like a very Scandinavian thing. You know, we, we have a close relationship with nature in Scandinavia. It's something that, you know, we are taught in school and, you know, I was taught a lot by my grandmother. Um, I wrote this book, I'm just gonna put it up here, that we were talking about. Yeah. Spirit of so Yeah, so uh, this is very much a book. There are definitely uh, TV cocktails in here, but more than anything, it is, you know, an homage to Scandinavian flavors and the nature and the culture there. And I just think that you can do so much with flavors that, that aren't necessarily traditionally considered exotic. But the way I think about it is also like someone in, Peru will definitely think that a Scandinavian flavor is very exotic to them. So sure. there's a way to sort of incorporate that in a way, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. So, uh, and I think a lot of these flavors are somewhat exotic. Some are, some are not, and some are to Americans. Uh, but we had yeah. we had uh, Gunnar on, who's the owner and head chef of Agern uh, in Iceland. He helped us with kind of botanical sourcing and blending on Svol. And uh, he had, I think he had like 75 slides of just like his culinary is like ingredient tours, basically. Like it's some, some place like two and a half hours away that has the cows that he likes. And this, you know, it's just really wild. And uh, it's just a very magical. We're on like a journey yeah. around Iceland. <laughs> you and, know, and if you think of Iceland where he's from, when you go there, it looks barren, it looks dark. Right. Yeah. We have had thousands of years of experience in finding the right places and the right time of year to use these different mm -hmm. things. You know, it, it's, it's really interesting because. In Scandinavia, we have shorter seasons and um, very, very, like very, very shorter seasons than anywhere else. And that has sort of forced us to find other ways to preserve or pickle and sort of use time right. and darkness to our advantage. And the fact that, you know, I went to Dill in November 19 when he had just reopened it in uh, Reykjavik. And Again, like being able to make so many incredible things from what just looks like a volcano crater from a distance. Yeah, a rock with a bit of moss on it. Basically. Yeah, exactly. it that's Scandinavian people. They're like, oh, yeah. it's just moss. Well, I guess we're going to eat the moss then. Let's <laughs> yeah, I think it's that's a really good reminder that a lot of those ingredients are really driven by the place and the ingenuity yeah. it is very impressive you know i think we saw that with that and and when you think about it what what you're dealing with with the amount of light that you get the cold yeah. and all those things yeah, is totally. pretty extreme you know not, uh, not a lot of light and not a lot of uh, warm days in the year but then you know right. you probably you you can use moss or you can use yeah sheep dung you can use so many interesting things to <laughs> Yeah. create new things it's it's really funny i i like that so much so there's obviously so so many different flavors a lot of them you can now buy online and you can sort of like look into foraging apps and books and if you find something that you think is interesting like there's always wikipedia but i've just chosen a few of my favorite herbs obviously there's so many so so many scandinavian herbs and berries and flavors and we won't have time to go through all of them, but I've chosen a few of my favorites and I just want to go through those real fast. Um, the first one, the one with the little yellow flower is uh, wood sorrel and you will actually see them also here in America. Um, I've seen them in, on sidewalks here in Brooklyn, in the parks. Uh, it's this teeny tiny little plant that kind of looks like um, clover like a four-leaf clover or just yeah. a regular clover and it's such a wonderful garnish because if you eat one of these and obviously always wash it first because they're usually in the same area as dogs like to pee um they have this beautiful bright citrus flavor um it just tastes like getting a squirt of lemon juice in your mouth it's so good in salads 
uh, on fish dishes and a wonderful garnish if you are making a cocktail that's like light and refreshing uh, and you want that little extra thing. Uh, so so I, that. I feel like I that would grow. I grew up in New Jersey and I would see these all the time. And yeah, yeah. exactly. They're everywhere. People think they're yeah. weeds. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. not weeds. They're edible and they're amazing and they're so delicious. Uh, nice. This this salad just like brings it up. Uh, the next one is obviously uh, pine, and one of the things that is again as we were talking about earlier is like the way that you you sort of have to pick things in different times. So you can use pine needles uh, to infuse or put in honey or distill with. Uh, and pine also makes these little like fresh shoots in January, March, in between there. And these, these fragrant, beautiful little bright green shoots that you can just pick off the tree and eat. Like it's so, so delicious. Uh, so that's a really fun thing. And I think this one, for instance, is really fun to use with like a rum, sort of like a rum acricole or something, because it's just like, it's vegetal, but not in the same way as the acricole. So it's just a really fun way to like get that other layer in there. Or you know, maybe it's a like, Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking it would be so fun to do like a weird Scandinavian caponia, but where, where you muddle these guys, oh, yeah. these guys That's with like sugar instead of lime, that might be interesting. Yeah. Um, the next one we have here, um, sorry, over here, uh, the one with the stalks that kind of looks like rhubarb, but it's not. Uh, that is um, um, lovich. So this is a dish that, uh, or lovich, yeah, it's very traditional in, um, in Scandinavian cooking, especially in like salads and like uh, greens with meat. It kind of tastes a little bit like, celery but like celery root it doesn't take taste like celery leaves and this one i think is like wonderful as a garnish because it's super fragrant and again if you want to uh have something that has that like almost like earthen beautiful like scent i want to say it's just it's so earthy in a beautiful way um yeah this is um... something dry really really dry we use this actually in Swedish style. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's so common in European cooking, but it's so unknown in the US. I, I basically, almost every time I describe the ingredient mix, you know, the botanical blend, I have to mm -hmm. explain what lovage is uh, when I'm telling people about, about the Swedish style. It's really interesting. Yeah. But yeah, it is. It's, kind of that earthy flavor is so unique and interesting. And that's one of the things that are really like, you can find this at the Union Square market, for instance, yeah. like they always have that kind of stuff there. Um, the one next to, oops, sorry, uh, the purple one is uh, hyssop, which is uh, very normal here in, like at least I've seen it a lot of places in North America. Um, it has an almost anise kind of flavor. Uh, you can, Use both the flowers and the leaves. Uh, the flowers are, you know, as you can see, gorgeous and really easy to use for garnishes. Um, they have less flavor than the um, than the than the leaves. Uh, the leaves are a little more flavorful, a little more like 
um, herbaceous, if you will. And those things I really like with any kind of stone fruit flavor, if it's like pear or peaches, anything like that. It's not super like traditional cheeky flavors, I would say, but it's still something where you can make something like beautiful, light, refreshing. Um, and again, like the flowers are absolutely gorgeous, I think. Um, this one is chitabera or lingonberries. And mm -hmm. if anyone has ever been to Ikea, you know <laughs> that we love this stuff. Uh, and usually it's made of sort of like a, it's made into sort of like a compo or jam. And you can make a lot of fun things with that, but actually the berries themselves are really, really, really incredibly dry. So if you just make a juice out of them, it has this like tart, dry, almost like a, like, like super, super dry. So the cocktail here is from my book. And this is almost like, it's so dry that it's almost like a, um, uh, like a Angostura cocktail. Like it wow. has that almost like sucks out all of the wetness in your mouth. It's just so, so wonderful. So that's one of my favorite characters to play with, Tutu Bear. Uh, and then the next one here, which I'm really excited about sharing with you, is uh, Seabuck Thorn Berries. Uh, these grow on shrubs coastally in a pretty cold climate. So it's something that you see in nature and of course Scandinavia, uh, I know that they're, they're growing in Canada as well. Um, Finland, places like that. Uh, those there are fresh and they're really delicious. I have some dry ones here. I can sort of show you. Right, let's zoom in for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. They look like little weird. Yeah. Uh oh. Good race. Uh, this is in, uh, quite the ingredients in one of the cocktails. Um, one berry, one sea popcorn berry has as much C vitamin in it as one and a half whole lemon. Wow. Yeah, we actually explored this as a botanical. Uh, interesting but we didn't we didn't end up using it it was something that gunnar was was really keen on and i think yeah. it could be really cool in the right botanical blend but it didn't feel appropriate for what we were looking well, for the next one we're going to make the next bowl is going to be uh something could like be. that could be the sailor bar version the i mean sailor bar version. we yes. already wanted to make a maritime one <laughs> so you're speaking my language that's the well, official Oh, the and he's only, they only grow coastally near the ocean. Uh, as oh, I said, there's, yeah. they're packed with C vitamin, which living in a country where we have, you know, almost no daylight half the year, uh, no D vitamin, like getting stuff like that in our body is something that's been part of, mm. of the Nordic country's way of dealing with the darkness for years and years and years, like thousands of years. And they're just so delicious and they're like really tart, but in the, the reason why I love working with these and tiki is because when you eat one of the berries, they actually have a very tropical tartness. Like it tastes like a passion fruit almost. Mm. Like it doesn't taste like citrus, it tastes like a tropical citrus. Uh, so they're really easy. The cocktail over here um, is the Cocker Spaniel. Um, 
cocktail. It's a TV cocktail I made for the for the book, and it has seabrook thorn um, berry syrup as well as three kinds of rum. So it's sort of like a, um, a very tiki cocktail -y. traditional. Cool. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely say if you guys can get your hands on either dried or fresh seabrook thorn berries, that is the easiest entryway into sort of, you know, the, the Scandinavian flavors in tiki, I think. Uh, and then lastly, uh, again, Chucky, thank you so, so much for <laughs> yes. beautiful slice. Takskiruhebe, it means uh, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Svol and Pete and Steva and Tiki Badasi and Chucky and, and everyone who tuned in. It's been uh, so fun. And I, you know, you guys can follow me on Instagram. And if you ever have well, any hold questions. On. We got to make your cocktail. Don't, don't, don't get, okay, don't get yeah. No, I just wanted to say if people want help finding <laughs> ingredients or anything. I'm not, not going off, I promise. Uh, yeah. But if anyone needs help ever finding any uh, Scandinavian ingredients, uh, you know, I've, I've been making Scandinavian flavors here in New York City for, for many, many years now, and I have some sources. You know, anything, just reach out, and I'm more than happy to help you guys. It's awesome. That contact yeah. info is here uh, if you guys want to get in touch. And, and I think it's – it was something that was so interesting for me when I fell down the rabbit hole of Aquavit, like all these flavors – I mean, I remember sitting with Gunnar uh, and he brought in like 60 different botanicals or items or what have you, right? And like, I'd heard of half of them probably, you know, and we're <laughs> sitting there like tasting, smelling, all these different things. Um, so it's just, like, yeah, I, mean, I, feel like I've, I feel like I've still only hit the tip of the iceberg on it. Um, so super yeah. fun, super fun. All right, let's put that cocktail up. All right. So uh, you want to talk about it and then you're going to, then we'll zoom in for you to do it. Yeah. I really want to talk about uh, this cocktail really fast, actually, because um, this is one of the first Tiki Scandinavian cocktails I ever made. And it started out with me missing certain Scandinavian flavors. Uh, a lot of them my mom could send over, I could bring home, but I had this one popsicle from my childhood that obviously you can't bring popsicles like all this way over. So I've always been trying to recreate this flavor and this is the closest I ever got to it. Um, it's, uh, it's sort of like a Scandinavian Mai Tai-ish cocktail, or at least more, more or less follows those, those specs. And uh, it's named Freydis. Uh, Freitas is, uh, again, something that I think is very appropriate with what we're talking about today. We're talking Afrobeat, we're talking North America, and we're talking Scandinavia. Uh, Freitas Eriksdottir uh, was the sister of Leif Eriksson, and she came here with Leif Eriksson and his Vikings when they came to North America in the year 1000. So she was, you know, one of the first white women uh, or Scandinavian, Caucasian women that set foot here. Uh, she came here and the story goes that she was eight months pregnant and one night the skrulling or the Viking word for the natives attacked the, the encampment that they had put up and 
Leif Erikson and all his Vikings have never seen these like dark people before and they freaked out and was so scared and she yelled at them. She said that they were wuss and not men and she exposed her breasts, grabbed the battle axe in each hand and charged the Skullings, the natives, and scared them off. Uh, and then, yeah, then she lived here for about a year with Earth and, and went back to Scandinavia. But she is uh, very much a part of Scandinavian intertwined with North America. And I think that was a very, very fitting name. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Let's, so, let's zoom in here. Let's make this yeah, drink. Let's do it. Um, I have a sore arm, so it's hard for me to uh, lift this bottle. <laughs> a little baby now. Uh, so we're going to start with this lovely avoir. And the pata is just like one of my favorite ones to mix with because it can hold its own, but it also gives you room for other flavors in the cocktail, which of course is super important, especially in a in a tiki cocktail where we like to put a lot of flavors in. So we're going to do food. Yeah, thank you. And that that's certainly one of the things that we tend to focus on with it. You know, there's character there, but very flexible and plays very well. Flexible, yeah. Oh, it smells so good. Um, <laughs> it's so weird to sit down and mix. I don't think I've ever done this. Yeah, before. it's funny. I think it was, <laughs> it was weird because I think we've had one person stand up at a bar and make a drink. Yeah. And it was actually weird because I've seen so many people sit down making drinks throughout this process that it was, I was like, oh, yeah, that's how it looks. Yeah, but it's just so weird. Like, I'm, I know, I'm sure. Not like standing, like, I can't even hold a jigger right. Sorry, sorry. Don't call it on. So, of course, the small Danish style aquavit. Uh, I will admit this once and then I will never say it again, but I also like the Swedish style very much. <laughs> that is it. Uh, I love the Danish caraway forward. It almost has this like warm bread kind of thing going on. Um, I really like it both with dark rums as well as light rums or anything like that. It's just, just brings a lot of like warmth to the cocktail, which I really, really love. And then I have been, you know, there was not a lot of room on this uh, table. So I pre-bottled a lot of the other ingredients. So we have or shaft, and we're gonna take a little bit of that. We got fresh lime juice, important. Yeah, got a little bit of Aperol. I tried other things, I just really like Aperol in this cocktail. It's just, makes it a cute color. Gives it a little bit of bitterness that goes super well with, you know, both the aquavit and the the avoir, and it just it just fits so well. And then lastly, um, this is Tor. It's a Seabuckthorn ODV, and we actually make it in this building. Oh yeah, I was wondering uh, about that actually. Yeah, so you can find something similar. You can also do uh, your own infusion or a syrup if you don't want to add more alcohol so basically what we have in two rooms over where my donald trump pinata is singing currently is uh we are using a vacuum distilling process uh so we have um 
Roto-Wrap in there. Uh, and uh, we are making a lot of ODVs in-house. It's not something that we are, you know, um, necessarily going to do commercially. It's just something that we do to have fun and, you know, make our own fun little concoctions or whatever. So this is... Well, so citrusy. So basically, yeah, that's cool. You're gonna have to send me some of that. I would love to so yeah. much. So we just took these dried seabuck thorn berries and put them in a overproof uh, grain spirit. And what did we do? Is we do 120 RMP and just let it go through. Um, one of the things with um, uh, vacuum distilling is that because of the vacuum, you are able to distill at a much lower temperature, which means that then a lot of the flavors will stay in. Mm. Um, that's a lot of technical stuff that I'm just learning about right now. So uh, try not to have too many questions about that, I will say. <laughs> uh, we are gonna do a little bit of crushed ice that I brought here. Excuse me. Should I do this a little bit? Yeah, sure. Yes. We, we know what's going on. There you go. I'm going to ice my glass. There you go. And I'm going to do a little shake. Oh. <laughs> oh. Very, very subtle. Very dainty. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> all right, we're going to pour it over. And it has this. First time I made this, actually, my co worker said, Oh, it looks like flesh. I love it because it has this color. Wow, that's creepy. I'm gonna add some more ice. And then as you can see in the photo, usually I would garnish this with fresh seasonal flowers and a few skulls I have lying around, but it's not really flower season, so we're just gonna mm. use straws and fake flower. That works, no, I don't like that. There you go, and then we have a little Fantastic. Oh, there you go. Make it a little tropical. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Very cool. Oh, that's good. Pulling <laughs> you know, All it's right. funny, actually. Um, I, the, the original reason that we ended up falling in love with Aquavit is people were split basing Avoa and Aquavit. Yeah. Like, they're so well. Cocktails. And it was just like, what's going on here? Enough to be like, what's happening here, you know? And that then fell down the rabbit hole, uh, but they really work well together, uh, which is like not, even though it's, it's self-serving, they really do work yeah. well together. And who would have thought that, mm. you know, traditional spirits from so different locations right. would right. just complement each other right. so much. Yeah, um, it's, it's crazy. The, the, their relative understanding in the U.S. is very similar, I think, and, and the, the trajectory of them are so similar, but the flavor profile and the history couldn't be further apart, basically, you know? Yeah, true. Uh, Steve wrote in the chat that there's a question from Chucky. Are you seeing that? Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite cocktail to introduce people to Scandinavian flavor profiles? Great question. Yeah, it is a really good question, and that is... Like, I would say uh, on my side, uh, because there's a lot of those flavors that you can sort of 
copy into Scandinavian flavors, almost like, you know, right, instead of having um, uh, a rum, a dry rum, I'm using Agua and I'm using uh, Acrobit and it works really well in the specs. Uh, so a Mai Tai style or one of my favorite tiki cocktails in the entire world, which is a Saturn. Yeah. Uh, Saturn is, of course, traditionally gin-based and Aquavit is just the Nordic gin. That, that's the way I think of it. So I would say a Saturn, if people are feeling adventurous, uh, that's my go-to. And if people are a little more traditional, probably a Mai Tai style. Cool. Yeah, dig it. Totally. Awesome. Well, very cool. Thank you. Uh, we'll bring you back to say goodbye. Super rad okay. hanging with you. So, so nice. We'll see you in a moment. All right. We're getting Mariel in. Hi. You're muted. <laughs> there we go. Sorry. What's happening? Not much. Thanks for being patient. Oh, that was great. That was so interesting. I loved it. I took yeah, it's funny because I learned about this stuff too. And in theory, I should know this stuff, but you know, I'm always learning too. It's very fun. Yeah, that was great. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to try this, this uh, O to V situation. Um, yeah. yeah. Give me some of that. Saw <laughs> <laughs> it on the menu at the Sailor Bar in Wildwood. For sure. I'm ready to open a Sailor Bar right now. <laughs> I, I know you are. I was I, like, let's get your name written all over it. Right? Right. New Jersey, you know. There you go. All right. Simpler life. Everybody's on. Everybody's down with the simpler life. You know, yeah. after after 2020, I think we've realized. You know, let's be in a smaller city. It ain't that bad. There you go. Right. There you go. All right. Cool. Let's hit it. Five questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Uh. Favorite quote from Steve Casey? Oh, uh, well, something about feeding us, you know. <laughs> See, like, oh, I know. I Bless your heart. <laughs> oh, that's good. There you go. There you go. <laughs> totally not condescending at all. One time. I don't know. She was at my bar one time and when I, back when I was in Birmingham and she said, you know, Marielle, you're one of the cutest people I've ever seen bartend. And I'll never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> really? Steve Casey thinks I'm cute? You know. There you go. scene, so. Very good. Very good. All right. Favorite meal Wildwood that my dad did not make? Did not make? Oh, uh, the place we went to the, the, the pit, roast pig dinner. Beach Creek. No, yeah, that was that was awesome. Yeah, that place is rad. But yeah, Chris, you what's up, Chris? Delish. Hope you're doing well. Um, all right, weirdest thing you saw in Wildwood? Weirdest? Hmm. Most mostly just like the people that were on our trip. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the humans? No. Um, I don't That's know. A snapshot of like one particular part of Americana that I had never seen before. So it was just different for me. You know, yeah, it was like, I want to go back, you know, and your parents. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was weird until I left. And I was like, wow, this is actually a really weird place. It's awesome. Yeah. 
but it's very strange. In general, is like this. Like my my boyfriend and I go out every year at least once to the Jersey Shore. Not last year, of course, but um, I just think the whole Jersey Shore is sort of like that. But mm-hmm. Wildwood especially was like a snapshot of a time period, and right. I I like that they've embraced it and haven't really tried to change it too much. So yeah, yeah, there was a moment where it got kind of touch and go, and I think the cooler heads prevailed. Yeah, uh, which is good, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny. It reminds me of, I remember hearing from Chris, who owns Beach Creek, he said there were some guys who came by, I don't know if they were firemen or something, uh, and they were like, man, we're down, we're driving by the Barcelona, there's a bunch of hipsters wearing Hawaiian shirts. I don't know what the hell's going on. Hipsters in Hawaiian shirts. You know. Yeah, perfect. All right. Uh, favorite memory for Peaky Betsy? Um, honestly, I, it's hard for me to say like my most favorite memory, but I just made some really amazing friends. Um, the girls that I spent in the hotel room with, um, like we're all very close and, um, I just made some really great friends. That was my favorite experience. And I learned so much about, uh, a category like rum for me is not a category that I had studied a whole lot up on. Um, before I went. And so it definitely like I, the knowledge I gained from it was uh, invaluable. So um, I just did, you know, I'm a note taker. I really like to learn. And so um, I still have those notes, you know, I, for reference. Um, That's awesome. I just Good. enjoy it so much. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool to see that. And that's been an evolution of it. I feel like people take it more and more seriously every year, which is great because that's really the core of it is learning. It is. Uh, it was you great. Know, so we obviously want to have fun, want to see some weird stuff, you know, hang out with my dad. But, uh, you know, yeah. All right. Tell me, last question. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most in 2021? Well, getting my vaccination. There you uh, go. And then. I'm hoping by the end of 2021, I can go to Mexico city. We were supposed to go last year. Um, that I would, I would really like to go to Mexico city this year, but, um, I'm turning 40 this year. So, uh, the the celebration will be halted until we are safely able to travel. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I would like to come back to Birmingham and chill. I came home for Christmas, but like stayed in our little pod our family pod. So, um, would definitely like to safely travel home and see all my friends and be, visit their bars that I've never been to. I haven't been home really in three years. So. Got it. Yeah. That's that's cool. it. Travel. Yeah. Get that booster shot and come see us. Yeah. I'm ready. Shelby just got her first one, right? Yes. I got uh, my first vaccine on Sunday. Very cool. Yeah. Starting to happen. Seriously, I cannot wait to get the last one. And then, yeah, I'm going to come visit all of you guys. And we can open our uh, Sailor Bar. in uh, Sailor Bar. Well, I would Should we that. just call it the Sailor Bar or Sailor Bar? Yeah, call it, yeah. I think that's a really Sailor Bar. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah there's no reason, to co- no reason to complicate it. You know, Aaron, you're going to work at the Sailor Bar. Good with it. I'm good with it. All right, cool. <laughs> We'll, we'll pour a cane too. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. 
my uh, my mom and dad has been watching this whole thing. You know, they've been watching all the photos that we ever did at the different Tiki by the sea. But they are sitting right now on my home island and been watching this whole thing. And oh, nice. Yeah. Hi, Canadian. Hi, hi. Coming at the end of the year. We're going to be over there. They want me to say hi to all of you guys, and you can come visit on Home Island anytime you want. Very cool. I'm on my way. On yes. my way. <laughs> <laughs> so ready. Hi, Moa. Hi, Fab. Hello. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Always a pleasure. Have a good one. We'll be back soon, probably in a couple weeks. Uh, more info, TBD, on that shortly. Uh, so good luck with it. Get vaccinated. We're turning the corner. Let's make it happen. Let's go.